Night at 10, it's Michael Knowles. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. It is 6.06 Halloween. And scary stuff's already happening. Sorry about that. <laughs> Mike Casper out today. I'm Rick Worthington along mm-hmm. with Chris Walton. Good morning to you and uh, happy Halloween. We can't stay well this season for some reason. Yeah, what's up with you guys? I mean, I just get over, you know, having about three <laughs> three weeks of pneumonia. And I'll, now uh, Mike's down with uh, what appears to be at least a bad head cold, if not more. And he's okay. got a sore throat and things like that. All so. right. So you get Rick Worthington today. Mm-hmm. I don't have any idea how long that's going to last. So we'll just, you know, we'll play it by ear. But well, It should last about another three hours and 53 minutes at, at least. At the very least. Yeah. So good morning and welcome to the program today. And happy Halloween to all of you out there. Uh I think the big story of the day that we'll be discussing from time to time could be the Powerball jackpot. Yeah. Which has risen to an estimated $1 billion after no jackpot winning tickets were sold for Saturday night's draw. Makes you feel like Dr. Evil just to say that, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. $1 billion. Billion with a B, a big old capital B. Uh, Yeah. It is only the second time in the lottery's 30-year history that the jackpot has risen to over a billion dollars, or about there, according to Powerball. Cash value, if you were just to cash it out, Mm -hmm. how much taxes do they take out of that, Chris Walton? Do you have any idea? Oh, probably, I don't know, close to 40%, I would imagine. Over 50%. Oh, is it really? like to me. Holy Toledo. Says the uh, cash value is estimated at $497.3 million which would be more than half if it's a billion dollars. Wow. And that's something. Uh, yeah, but nevertheless, $3 ticket gets you in the drawing, and I have several of them. They're $3 now? It's been, it's been now, so long since I've actually You can do the one. Powerball regular ticket, I think. Now, now, wait a minute. Now, $3 is in case you win one of the lower prizes. You can multiply it, right? You see, this is where I got confused. Okay. There's the Mega Millions where you can buy the multiplier with the Mega Millions ticket. So it's normally two bucks, and then you can buy the multiplier for an extra buck, right? Mm -hmm. Powerball is combined it, so there is no multiplier anymore. You just buy your Powerball ticket, and it's three bucks. Okay, there we go. We good? All right. I mean, I'm pretty sure that's how it works, because I get them mixed up all the time. Nevertheless, it's Powerball that you want to buy your ticket for today. Gotcha. If you want to be in that drawing. Uh, six tickets did win the million dollar prize in Saturday night's drawing. That, according to Powerball, California, Michigan had two of the winning tickets. Maryland, Texas had one apiece. Uh, there were 36 drawings in a row without a grand prize winner ahead of Saturday's drawing. If a player had won Saturday night's jackpot, it would have been the sixth time the Powerball jackpot had been hit this year, but it didn't. So we're all in. Mm-hmm. If you have a ticket, you're in too. A billion dollars. A billion dollars, which, you know, is always fun to think about. What would you do with nearly $500 million? Uh, you couldn't buy the Dallas Cowboys. Whatever the heck popped, in, popped into my head, I would imagine. You don't really have to, uh, you know, be too careful when you have that much money. And what kind of person would $500 million ruin? It was a conversation a friend of mine and I had, mm-hmm. I was like, I don't know if it would ruin me or not, but I'd sure like to know. <laughs> I'd like to, I'd I'm like willing, to run that experiment. Um, yeah, I'm willing to give it a try. You know, 
I mean, how much would your your life would just upend, right? Mm-hmm. Now, you remember the last jackpot that was nearly a billion dollars? It took almost six months for the people that won, that had the winning ticket, to come forward. To come forward. It was two people. They split the ticket. And before they claimed their prize and cashed in their ticket, they came with a slew of lawyers. Mm-hmm. Um, so they had clearly been speaking to some uh, financial planners and, and yeah. yeah, had some help in that. It brought with them their lawyers and then they cashed in. And at that point, nobody was really worried about who it was or where they bought the ticket or anything else. Nobody really gave a rip. But See, I'm more like the sort who would show up unprepared and then lose the check on the way to the bank. Right. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I I would be the the guy who put that uh, that ticket, you know, in his pocket or in his wallet mm-hmm. and carried it everywhere I went because I'm not letting that thing out of my sight. But yeah, I I tend to agree with you that I would cash that thing in more sooner than later, just in fear that something would happen to the darn mm-hmm. thing, and we can't let that happen. <laughs> so. Yeah, I've heard, I've heard about people who, uh, you know, find out they win, and then the uh, lottery office doesn't open till nine the next morning or whenever it is. So and they put it in uh, a canister and uh, put it in their freezer just, oh, yeah. just in case there's a house fire. <laughs> well, I can see how that might be the case. Yeah, I, I we were talking. Uh, my friend and I were talking about, you know, what would you do? You know, and still as a, you know, I'm a parent. I have two kids that are still growing up. It's like, mm-hmm. well, I don't know that. You could be wherever you wanted to be. I mean, you could live in Switzerland if you wanted to. Mm-hmm. You could live in Hawaii if you wanted to. But mm-hmm. in order to do that, you'd have to uproot your kids and stay right here and live very you could well. Stay right here and be, you know, pretty happy. So, you know, I wouldn't need to go to the gym anymore. Although, you know, I would want to live out a healthy, happy life. Mm-hmm. I think I'd fly first class. I've never done that. You know, I, I was talking uh, about the idea that guys that like Dan Snyder owns the commanders and is just a miserable person. He's a jerk on the inside. He's a jerk on the outside. Mm-hmm. All the money in the world has not made him happy. Yeah, no argument there. And there are lots of people that are that way. You'd think, you've got so much. Why are you such a jerk? Well, it, it just goes to show you that no matter what level you're on, for some reason, you always, uh, it's just human nature to uh, want something you don't have. So if you have almost everything, th- there's probably still something out there you don't have, and Maybe. you're miserable because you don't have it, I suppose. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what that feels like. <laughs> I mean, well. I mean, we have it so much better compared to a lot of people. Sure we do. Sure we do. I'm I'm just, you know, making friendly banter about the idea of, you know, maybe money doesn't buy happiness, but it sure would be fun to try. And I really think that's the bottom line. A friend of mine used to say money doesn't buy happiness, but it sure can rent it. Uh, we will, of course, at some point be discussing uh, what happened to uh, Mr. Pelosi. A home invasion attack included zip ties, duct tape. And uh, him being bashed with a hammer at the age of 82 years old, uh, it's not good. It's not good. I mean, regardless of what your political likes and dislikes are, uh, we can all agree that there's no room. The imbeciles have already been out there claiming that uh, it's all a ruse. 
Hmm. And not just the imbeciles, the morons and idiots have too. Well. Hmm. And the jerks, they were there. Investigators discovered the contents of a bag that suspect David DePape, is that how we say his last name? DePape? I've heard it said DePap, DePape, whatever. Uh, the suspect had with him at the time of the attack after securing the necessary search warrants to open it. Zip ties in particular echoed what multiple suspects of the January 6th insurrection at the U.S. Capitol building in Washington were also carrying, including some who made it inside the building as they searched for officials, which included Pelosi. Now, that is from the ABC story that I'm reading from, and I'm not sure that it carries any weight in this because the January 6th attack on the Capitol does not have any bearing really in this other than that other than they were people were for, searching for nancy pelosi yeah, exactly not her husband at the time nevertheless that's part and, of the story and not really a coincidence for similar reasons so there are a few things for us to talk about today and uh, we'll give you an opportunity to chime in as well at 208-336-3700 pound 670 on your verizon wireless again mike casper is off today i'm rick worthington and it is time for a look at what is happening with sports and it's brought to you by Fat Guys Fresh Deli in Meridian and in Boise. Yeah, I'll have a little audio here. Why not? We should hear something about what is going on in the world of sports today. How did your fantasy football teams do this weekend, Chris? <laughs> I only have one and uh, just, you know, measured against oh, themselves. Your singular fantasy yes, football team did measured, pretty well. Measured against itself, it did fine because it scored about 100 points. However, the opponent scored 150, so that doesn't cut it. Right here on News Talk KBOI, the Seattle Seahawks looked pretty good. Shotgun snap, play fake. Geno looks, throws the back of the end zone. Touchdown, Seahawks! DK Metcalf right under the goalpost. Uncovered in the back of the end zone, was wide open. Geno got great protection, and he fired a dart, and the Seahawks are on the board 6 nothing. The call on the Seahawks radio network, which was heard right here on News Talk KBOI, the first touchdown of the game. Geno Smith is so impressive right now. I heard this the other day, and I got to agree. If you change the nameplate from Geno Smith to Russell Wilson, Mm -hmm. we would probably be talking about a possible MVP this year. But it's Geno Smith, and nobody wants to do that. I had no idea he would be this good, but he sure has. The Seahawks playing the New York Giants yesterday. Hmm. Seahawks win behind this. Three tight ends on the right side. The handoff to Walker. He breaks the tackle, comes back to the near side. Stumbles across the dead. Breaks the tackle. He is in. Touchdown, Seahawks. We knew it had to happen. We hoped on this drive, and it did. From 16 out. Kenneth Walker with that 16-yard touchdown run, and the Seahawks beat the Giants 27-13. to A heck of a win for the Seahawks. They are in first place in the before, NFC West. Before the game, everything on television was talking about what a great season the Giants were having and how surprising and all that sort of thing. And then they, you know, well, yeah. didn't. And then well, they go to Seattle and get smoked. Yeah, exactly. Well, I don't know if smoked is the right word, but Seattle wins 27 to 13 so that's by two touchdowns we'll talk about boise state's big win coming up as well kboi news time is 618 
Remember, if you missed any part of Casper and Chris this morning, check out their podcast on the KBOI app or on KBOI.com. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. It is 625. Good morning. I'm Rick Worthington along with Chris Walton. Mike Casper is out today. What do we want to say? He's he's under the weather. He's sick. He's playing hooky. Uh, I he's, think I think he has a bad know, cold. He's he's got a cold. Yeah, according to him, that's all right. <laughs> we'll take care of things today. I, I don't suspect there's any foul play. I think he really has a cold. Uh we are going to do some some stuff for Halloween today. I got a little deal here from a guy named Gary Crawford. He does uh, some work for the U.S. Department of Agriculture, and they're usually kind of fun. And these have to do with Halloween. So, Nathaniel, I'm going to play this audio here real quick. Uh, while you carve out that Halloween pumpkin, you can also amaze your friends with your pumpkin knowledge. If you go online, as I just did, looking for songs about pumpkins or jack-o'-lanterns, you enter a vast wasteland. About the best that I could dig up was this. Oh, note the lush and large musical arrangement. Drive you crazy. So, my search for pumpkin songs, a total bust. However, if you instead are looking for some facts and figures about pumpkins, there is a place that is chock full of information. It's a special web page produced by the U.S. Department of Agriculture's Economic Research Service. We update it every year for fall. The vast majority of pumpkins are produced for the fall holidays. That's Greg Astle, research economist in charge of that webpage, and we'll tell you the easiest way to get to it in a moment. First, Greg, uh, why a webpage devoted to pumpkins? Pumpkins are a very popular fall crop. They comprise a large amount of agricultural production, and everybody's excited about pumpkins in the fall. Uh, so, to test our knowledge about pumpkins, it's quiz time! Thank you, thank you. Yes, I'll ask the questions, and we'll let both of our listeners have a chance to answer, and then, Greg, you will supposedly uh, have the answers to give us, right? <laughs> okay. Okay, here we go. Question number one, approximately how many pounds of pumpkins are grown in this country every year? Multiple choice question, is it a million, half a million, a billion, or two billion pounds? No fair peeking at the webpage. Is it a million pounds of pumpkins, half a million, a billion, or two billion pounds? Greg, the answer, please. In the United States, we produce about two billion pounds of pumpkins a year. Very good. Next question. What state's the biggest producer of pumpkins in this country? That ought to be easy. You only have 50 possible choices to choose from there. Well, Greg, what's the answer? Biggest pumpkin production state? Illinois is the top state by weight, acreage, and yield. Yes, Illinois does grow well over a quarter of all the pumpkins produced in this country. But those pumpkins are predominantly for the processing market. They're going to food. Other top states like California, Indiana, and Texas are predominantly growing for the decorative market. The pumpkin webpage also has information on retail prices for pumpkins. And just as we are paying more for most things, it looks to be true this year for pumpkins as well. The week of October 15th, the average national price per pumpkin, $4.79. Last year, the price was four dollars and nine cents that's an increase of 17 percent 17 percent higher that's on average subject to change now if you'd like to find out more about pumpkins amaze your friends with facts and figures easiest way to find the web page just go online search usda pumpkin page usda pumpkin page this is get 
Oh no, not not that not that thing again. Got, I gotta go. Gary Crawford reporting for the U.S. Department of Agriculture. Please make it stop. Yeah. I won't retain any of the information there, but it was fun, and it's Halloween, so we'll do that a little bit later here as well. We'll give you some more information on Halloween, and of course, much of it has to do with trick-or-treaters tonight, Chris, so, uh, you know. We'll have some You're going to mind safety, your door tonight? Safety advice and whatnot. I will be there, yes. Excellent. All right, news is up next. KBOI News Time is 629. Download the 670 KBOI app for your smartphone for free. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. I've never heard this song in my life, Nathaniel, Mr. Producer. I mean, I'm I'm good with the Halloween tunes. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying you can't do it. Just saying I never heard this one. Chris Walton is actually our music expert in studio. This that was from a movie, right? Yes, no. I have no idea. Oh, well, okay. You don't know either. Uh, no, that well, you just grabbing I'm, stuff at random I'm, over there. I'm reasonably sure that was not a top forty hit. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'll I'll take that. There are a lot of places on the internet you can find a list of you know appropriate. Uh, Halloween music, and and I think number one on most people's list is Monster Mash because it was mm-hmm. a big hit twice. Yeah. yeah, in fact, in early '60s and early '70s, it hit the top forty. You know the the only Halloween song that I know is a gold standard is Thriller. Yeah, oh yeah, Thriller is usually number two on the list. Yeah, and this is Halloween from uh, the Nightmare Before Christmas. That one usually makes the list. Okay, yeah. There are a few others. There, there are several others. It, Ghostbusters. So somebody was saying, like Ghostbusters, in that thing we played earlier Daniel. from the Department of Agriculture. They said that they couldn't think of any songs about pumpkins. I had a record when I was about seven. Uh, Cal Smith. It was called uh, Country Bumpkin, and and the line was, "She said, hello, Country Bumpkin. How's the frost out on the pumpkin?'" And I thought, "Well, that's okay. There's that, a that, pumpkin song that has a pumpkin in it." Well, let's call Gary Crawford over at the U.S. Department of Agriculture and tell him he's a slacker. No. Where he just needs supreme uh, trivia knowledge like Chris Walton does. Saturday Night Live on Saturday, uh, Tom Hanks made his annual uh, appearance as David S. Pumpkins. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I will mention this because we're going to talk about Boise State football coming up here in a moment anyway. Darren College was wearing the very same pimpin' pumpkin outfit on Saturday night while on the sidelines at the game. I saw him uh, as we were doing the pregame show, and he didn't have the uh, full suit on yet. He looked like David S. But he, Pumpkins. He did have the the bottoms on though, the the pants. Mm-hmm. And as he walks by, I go, "All right, college, looking good, looking good." <laughs> to which he just points, and that's it. You just you yeah. just you get a point and a nod from Darren College. You're doing pretty good. Mm-hmm. By the way, he's a great big individual and can pull off whatever he wants. Former NFL tackle Darren yeah, College. Yeah, that guy. Yeah. That dude. He, he tends to be large. When you're that big and you're wearing bright orange pants, nobody cares. The, the, They're going to be like, well, the you holiday, pull that off. The holiday that I associate to Darren College with, of course, is Christmas because he's from North Pole, Alaska. More good trivia which, from Chris Walton which today. Is, which, I, as, as I understand it, is, is reasonably cold. I could see that. 
Sports is brought to you by Fat Guys Fresh Deli in Boise and Meridian. It's Monday. I have no idea what the soup of the day is. I don't know that. Well, usually they, they would text and tell me what the soup of the day is, but I haven't seen that text yet. I believe it's hot and moist. They will have soup, though. Uh, by the way, uh, the weather later on this week, going to get downright cold. Looks like for the BYU game, we could have rain, maybe even snow, depending on how cold it is at kickoff. So stand by for more on that. The big news, of course, is that Boise State won the game on Saturday night. 514 yards is what the Broncos racked up in their 49-10 win over Colorado State. With more on that, here's Bob Beeler. Taylor Green threw for 305 yards and two touchdowns, and George Halani went over 100 yards for the 11th time in his career, picking up 108 yards and three TDs. Coach Avalos talked about what George brings to the attack. Not everything's always going to be blocked perfectly, and George makes that right a lot more times than not. We see the main guys miss the yards after contact, and that's a that's a big help because, like I said, things aren't always going to be blocked up perfectly, but when you got guys that can create on their own, it's awesome to see. The defense held the Rams to three yards rushing and had five sacks. And the win makes the Broncos bowl eligible for the 25th straight year. Up next, a home game with BYU Saturday. Bob Beeler, News Talk KBOI. All right, so Saturday's game is reportedly going to kick off at 5 p.m. here in Boise at Albertson Stadium against BYU. Uh, we're reporting what KSL has been reporting online. I haven't seen anything from Boise State yet. So I can't confirm anything except what I've seen from KSL in Salt Lake. Did they have by a, the way, they're pretty good at what they do. I don't think they just throw throw that out without some kind of knowledge about it. Did the game have a, a floating start time? Yes, it did. For television? It did. We're supposed to be told officially today what the kickoff was going to be. But as of, you know, about, I guess it was one thirty two o'clock is when KSL started telling everybody, it's 5 o'clock kick time in Boise. So I'm going with it, but if it changes, we'll let you know. KBOI News Time is 646. Day from 10 to 1, it's Dan Bongino. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. God bless you, Nathaniel. He's in here dabbing and sneezing and doing all kinds of weird things. It's early, Monday morning. By the way, Mike Casper is out today. Speaking of sneezing. Sick, sick with the with the sniffles. He's <laughs> a sniffle. Uh, I'm Rick Worthington filling in. Well, he has today. a sore throat. I don't think he can talk. Otherwise, he'd probably be here. Yeah, I just like, like to give him a bad time. We, we wish him well. Uh, I know we have been talking about inflation quite a bit. Uh, there is a report. You might hear it here at the top of the hour uh, from ABC News about your Thanksgiving table this year. And how much more it's going to cost for your turkey and for all the fixings. And it's about that time of year where you would hear yeah. something like that as tomorrow is the first day of November. And then it, it helps if you already you own know. the table. But I mean, don't worry. Christmas stuff is already out. <laughs> I was, uh, I was in one of the local grocery stores. I won't say which one, uh, shopping around trying to find some last second Halloween thing. You know, the little lights that you put inside the jack o' lantern, the one that we had were all busted up so i had to go find some new ones and i so had you, to you sift through all the christmas stuff that they were putting oh, out wow. already to get to the you know the halloween stuff that should have still been out gotcha nevertheless found what i needed it just took 
a lot longer because of all the various Christmas things. Yeah, you're going to hear probably Christmas music playing somewhere. There, they, there's probably a radio station out there. It's already doing it, isn't there? Um, I don't know. I'll have to look into it, but it's, it's almost a sure thing. They start in November. Yeah. <laughs> KBOI News Time at 7 o'clock. 670 KBOI on Alexa. First say, Alexa, enable the 670 KBOI skill. Then when you want to listen, say, Alexa, open 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Now we're talking, Nathaniel. Now we're talking. Go ahead and sing, Chris. Go. And it don't look good. Who are you going to call? call? Nathaniel. Oh. (laughs) Thanks for joining us, Casper and Chris, this morning on News Talk KBOI. uh, Minus Mike Casper, who is uh, out with a little bit of cold today. Hopefully we'll see him tomorrow. If not, uh, you know, they'll probably call me again around 9 o'clock and say, guess what? Set your alarm a little earlier, Rick. Mm-hmm. We're going to need you again tomorrow. Uh, in any case, happy to be here. Happy to be here following a Bronco win over Colorado State on Saturday night. And man, I love it when I'm right. A decisive one at that. I love it when I'm right. What were you right about? Did you predict the score? No, I was right about tail and green. Oh. When I'm not patting myself on the back here any more than I would normally, so. <laughs> but you said that he was well, a, good, a good passer? No, I didn't say he was a good passer. Hmm. I said I, I would rather have tail and green running the football than Hank Bachmeyer throwing the football. And that was, you know, after I think our second game, under Hank earlier this year. Mm-hmm. Now, look, I have to say this because we had a mom of one of the players that stopped by before the game, I think, week before last, and just laid in to me and my co-host on stage at the Boise State game, upset about how the media treated Hank Bachmeyer. And we just... Let her say her say her piece. She was a parent, you know, yeah. parent of a football player, and she was upset. Said other parents were upset too that we were being unfair. It's like I don't. This is this is college football, and Boise State is used to a certain standard, and it's not being met. And she was upset, but we didn't we didn't give her any flack. Just let her go. But it definitely is something that we talked about. Now at the time. Hank was not getting the job done. Maybe it was Tim Plow, the offensive coordinator. Maybe it wasn't. I probably never know. Most um, from the outside looking in, it looked like Hank was the problem. Most often, it's a, right. a combination of things. Yeah, and it probably had something to do with both of them. But I remember when we saw Taylor Green after the Oregon State game, and I said, "I'll take Taylor Green. I'll take that right now." Something was happening that most people. I think recognize if you've watched any type of football where they do that read option. Having seen it for a long time, I'll just give you a a quick description. During the read option, the quarterback, as he's bringing the football into the, the running back's belly, he'll look down the line of scrimmage to where the defensive end is. On the same side, the running play would go. 
And if the defensive end crashes in, (laughs) he's going after the runner. And the quarterback pulls the ball out and takes off around the end that the defensive end is now vacated. You've got a hole there. Quarterback goes. Hank was never doing that. Why would he? You'd catch him. The slowest dude on the field would catch Hank Bachmeyer within three yards. Hank's Uh not going anywhere. And so teams weren't playing that play honest. Why do you run read option offense if the quarterback's not a threat? It's silly. It doesn't make sense. So I said, if you've got a quarterback that can run and you can start forcing them to stay home on that end, that end won't crash in, there's going to be a hole there. And Halani or Jainty or Genty, whoever it is that's running the football, Noah, there's going to be a hole there. Offensive line is doing what they're supposed to do. It's the quarterback that's not doing what he's supposed to do. you got to keep it occasionally. Hank wasn't doing that. So I said I would rather have Green and his ability to run than Hank Bachmeyer's arm, which at the time was not very reliable. Turned out to be a pretty good thing because I think Talon Green is Superman. All right? Now that we know he can throw the ball, Threw for 300 yards against Colorado State. I know, it's Colorado State. Not like they're, you know, beating people up these days. He looked good. Really good. And he's he's undefeated as a starter, right? He is right now, yes. This uh, current winning streak is at four games. The Broncos are now 6-2 and overall. And by the way, just came out yesterday, Boise State is starting to get votes again in the top 25. The Broncos are just outside, nine spots outside the top 25. Why does that come into play? Well, you've got this thing for the, you know, BCS every year, the College Football Championship, where they vote in a non-Power 5 team to that one bowl game. The highest-ranked Non-Power 5 team gets to go this year to the Cotton Bowl. Well, there were some top 25 ranked teams that got beat over the weekend. That leaves, I think, just Tulane, Liberty, and UCF still in the top 25. And if those guys lose at this point of the season, you've got Cincinnati, Coastal Carolina, and now Boise State just on the outside of the top 25. So if the Broncos really did run the table, hosted a Mountain West Championship game and won that, you could see the Broncos in the Cotton Bowl. Wow. What a turn of events. Yeah, with two losses. Now, there's still a lot of football to be played, but just saying, there's a chance. (laughs) And I I I heard Mike Prater and Johnny Ballgame talking about that on their show a couple of weeks ago. I was like, that's insane. The Cotton Bowl? That'd be a fun road trip. Dallas. I'll go. Hell yes. KBOI News Time is 714 and it's time for sports. Not like we haven't been doing sports. Saying it's time for sports. Brought to you by Fat Guys Fresh Deli. Where they have the biggest and the best sandwiches available. Don't know what soup? Gonna be good soup today. I think four or five times in my life I've left Fat Guys saying, I think that's the best sandwich I've ever had. 
voted best sandwich in our area, mm-hmm. voted best deli. Check them out today, Fat Guys Fresh Deli in Meridian. All right, NFL football, some pretty good games played over the weekend, uh, or, you know, in this case, on Sunday. We told you before the Seattle Seahawks got a huge, huge victory over the Giants. Uh, there was a pretty good ball game played last night as well. Did you see any of the uh, Buffalo Bills Green Bay Packers game last night? A little bit. A little bit. Tell you, I, I said where I'm right. I was right about Taylor Green. Mm-hmm. Tell you where I was wrong. Josh Allen. Oh, yeah. I was so wrong about Josh Allen. I said that I didn't see him being a good NFL prospect, and man, he shut me up real fast. <laughs> that dude, I mean, talk about Superman. He's terrific. I was looking for a soundbite. Apparently, we don't have any sound from last night's Sunday Night Football. All right, well, scrap that idea. Nevertheless, the Buffalo Bills did come back and win that game last night. Uh, let's see. What were the other scores? Uh, I'm trying to find that one score. See, this is what I get when I'm, I'm doing it live and I'm not prepared to do it. I can't give you the scores. Buffalo won 27-17. Uh, Seattle was a 27-13 win over the Giants. San Francisco looked good. Ed McCaffrey? Yeah, if you had him on your fantasy team, you're probably... Christian, Christian McCaffrey. I, say, I keep saying Ed like mm-hmm. his, his dad is still playing football. Excuse <laughs> me. Christian McCaffrey. He threw for a touchdown. He ran for a touchdown. He caught a touchdown pass. Yeah, he's pretty darn good. 49ers beat the Rams 31-14 yesterday. What am I missing? I mean, there's there some other games out there. Was there another one that I should be highlighting here? Mm, the Raiders got shut out. Uh, didn't really want to bring that up. ABOI <laughs> News Time is 7-16. Time for the Morning Market Report. Powered by CapEd Credit Union. Keeping you informed about your money before the market opens. Sponsored by Tree City Advisors. On News Talk, KBOI, Boise. With with Mike Casper out, I'm Rick Worthington filling in today along with Chris Walton and joining us on the line from Tree City Advisors, Jeremiah Bates. Good morning to you, my friend. How are we doing? Good morning, gentlemen. Happy Halloween. I see the... The, uh, You're usually the good, the luck, good charm. luck charm. Yeah, yeah it, not, not the case today. No, nope. Markets are getting a little spooked, I guess. Um, I see what you real, did there. <laughs> I see what you did there. You know, Nathaniel gets me staged up with our pre-market update jokes <laughs> as I'm waiting on the line. I know. No, um, obviously, this is the last, last month of October. Um, you know, we have all three major U.S. indexes in the red as far as the futures market. Not by much, but overall, October, I mean, comparing it to historical performance, it's having its best month since 1976. If it actually finishes up a little bit higher, um, it'll go down as one of the all-time performing months, specifically for the Dow Jones in all time. Uh, it's up almost a 14.5% month to date. You have the S&P 500 and the NASDAQ, which are also up for the month, and that will snap a two-month losing streak. So it's good good overall for investors to see this trend go up. Um now, of course, earnings season started in October. We have over 264 companies within the S&P 500 that have reported earnings. And thus far, those results have largely been ahead of expectations, minus some outliers like Meta, the parent company of Facebook and things like that. So Overall, October's been solid. We'll see what happens today. Now, it is going to be a busy week. We still have 161 companies that are set to report, S&P 500 companies that are set to report to include Pfizer, Uber, Starbucks, to name a few. 
Now, what investors will have their eyes set on is the Federal Reserve. They have their meeting that starts Tuesday. They will release their comments on Wednesday. Expectation, again, largely, is that they will raise interest rates by three-quarters of a percent. That's largely baked in by the markets. But investors in Wall Street are going to be looking for signals. They're going to be looking for statements. They're going to be looking for any type of indication on what they're looking for in the future. So um, that's going to be huge, in my opinion, as, as where all, all eyes will be set on. And then to wrap up the week, you do have the Labor Department releasing October's employment reports. So we kind of have a mix. We have some earnings reports coming through, and we also have some heavy economic data. And, of course, the Federal Reserve um, releasing their statements too. So certainly a busy week to kick off November. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm glad that you're doing these reports instead of me. Cause I'd be like, Hmm, well, maybe you should have invested in something else. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, it, it, and here's the thing. I mean, it's, it, and obviously meeting with clients end a year, you know, the one thing that I think is really kind of it, not necessarily different, but you know what? What has largely been looked at as as conservative conservative investments, they've been getting crushed this year. If you look at the aggregate bond index, the worst year, the worst performing year that it had prior to this year, it was down two point nine percent. That's the worst the aggregate bond index has ever done. This year, it's down over fifteen percent. So truly unprecedented, something to the likes like we've never seen. And that's largely because the interest rates, uh, the acceleration of interest rates that we've seen, it's way down on the secondary bond market prices. So if you're holding on to conservative investments, or at least what are looked at as conservative conservative investments historically, yeah, the values are down. However, generally, once we get, in my opinion, once this interest rate um, uncertainty begins to settle out, we'll largely start to see that turn that that tide turn. But if you have cash on the sidelines, some dry powder, in my opinion, there is some opportunity in the fixed income market these awesome. days. Awesome. Yeah, I know that. Um, well, I was in mortgage rates, what, over 7% right now? Mm hmm. Yep. Yikes. All right, buddy. Jeremiah, thanks for your time, buddy. We'll talk to you here in about an hour. Thanks, Jess. All right. Once again, Jeremiah Bates from Tree City Advisors. News is on the way next. KBOI News Time is 727. Ken Shapiro this afternoon at 1. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 7.42 on News Talk KBOI. Rick Worthington again in for Mike Casper today. Hope that he's coming back tomorrow. But if he doesn't, Chris Walton will be here to hold down the fort. More than likely. <laughs> Glad you're here with us today as well. Happy Halloween, by the way. Boise State had a 49-10 win over Colorado State on Saturday. After the game, Coach Avalos had an awful lot to say about it. Bob Beeler and Pete Cavender talked to him. I'm going to run that back for you here in a second. But we're so close to sports anyway. This is our sports brought to you by Fat Guys Fresh Deli and Meridian. Fat Guys, stop by and see him today. I wonder if they have like a Halloween theme for the sandwich and soup of the day. Like uh, something with like a, a slice of pumpkin on it. I I wouldn't do I'm, that. I'm kind of hoping I, not. I wouldn't have pumpkin. I mean, I didn't even do a jack o' lantern. I I got with the fake one this year. Mm-hmm. Cut out the top of that thing because I don't know. Pumpkin stink, dude. I don't know if you know that or not. Sorry, you my to, bad. You had to cut off the top of a fake one. So yeah, we we get these uh these um they're styrofoam basically with a hard plastic shell. Mm-hmm. We bought it at Target, and instead of buying a real pumpkin that goes bad you know 
right and gets stinky and nasty and you know deflates we bought the we bought a fake pumpkin this year and you could carve it just like a jack-o-lantern yeah. so we did that instead they've held up for weeks it's pretty terrific all right let's get to it uh bob beeler speaking with coach avalos after the win here he is coach congratulations on a big win thank you guys just uh really proud of, of the of the coaches and the players you know just a week of preparation and um you know it We've been striving to play our, you know, our best football for four quarters, and tonight, you know, was the closest that we've been in all three phases. So it Coach, was, uh, it was, it was awesome to see the guys and a lot of young guys play as well too there at the end. Coach, last week at Air Force, it was the the running back position that was a little thin. Tonight, it was the defensive line position, and if Colorado State was heading home, they're going to think you've got must have just defensive linemen coming out your ears because the guys that filled in tonight with some of the injuries, boy, they were outstanding. I'm looking at Obacheri was in on a lot of plays, Hassanin, Hogan's. I mean, you guys had a great performance up front. Yeah, just really proud of those guys stepping up. We just talked about that in the locker room. You know, there's a lot of hard work that goes into this, and when you get your opportunity and your chance, it's about playing um, disciplined discipline football with a certain mentality and doing your job and being productive, and that's what we call dependable depth right there. And there's a lot of hard work that goes into uh, developing guys and training guys, uh, and we're just proud to see you know those guys be able to step up and do what they did tonight. Uh, Coach, we all talk about kind of Taylor Green his running ability, and kind of the question is is can he throw the football? But tonight, completed eighty percent of his passes every single week. His attempts go up, his completions go up, his yardage goes up. Uh, so maybe kind of continue to talk about the continual work that Taylor Green's putting in, getting better and better and better each week. Yeah, it's just it's uh, it's all about continued progress and how do we keep getting better and. You know, and, and, and again, this is a, it's not going to just happen overnight. This has been a gradual deal, and it's just exciting to see, you know, this be his best performance. Um, you know, tonight we said we are going to be able to build off some, some things last week. He made some, some throws last week that were extremely impressive. A couple of them, you know, there was a um, big hit, uh, force fumble on one of them, and, and there was a penalty on another. And, and you know, so – uh, this week we were able to really put it together, and, and it was awesome not only to see him, but it, it's the wide receivers, it's the tight ends as well. Also, Once again, uh, Coach Avalo speaking there with Bob Beeler. I, I don't have time to play all of it for you, but uh, maybe we can get the last three minutes of that somewhere before uh, the end of the day. By the way, Bob Beeler will be in at 8.30 today because it's Bronco Monday. We'll be talking a little bit about the football game. What's up next? for Boise State, which is BYU on Saturday. Mm-hmm. And we also now understand it's a 5 p.m. kickoff. At least that's what KSL in Salt Lake has been telling everybody. So uh, I I believe them. Looks like it's been confirmed. KBOI News Time is 746. Listen to KBOI online. Go to KBOI.com and click the Listen Live button. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. This is my Halloween song. Of all the songs you could play on Halloween, this is the one that rings closest to home for me. Okay. I mean, I was a kid when Thriller came out, that album. And, I mean, I I don't even think I heard anything on the radio besides Michael Jackson for, like, a solid year. <laughs> my gosh. And when this video came out, like every 20 minutes on MTV. And yeah, I watched MTV back in the day. It's one of the first uh, videos where they 
took a lot of license with it instead of just you know filming uh, the song itself. Oh yeah, they, there they was had the a, extended version. Yeah, they had the a whole story. They had a story around it. Yeah. Uh, Michael Jackson and Ola Ray. Who was that? That was the girl. Oh, it was the girl in the. Yeah. I didn't know that. Once again, Chris Walton, big well, look, on just trivia. Little trivia. And speaking of trivia, I will have the uh, uh, KBOI impossible question coming up here. Uh, I'll let you know about it in about six or seven minutes. All right. Uh, so, yeah, we, we were in the press box at the football game when they played Thriller, and they were trying to get everybody to dance, the Thriller dance. I, what else do you call it? It's the Thriller dance. But there's no dancing in the press box, right? Well, we were trying to figure out, does anybody remember how to do that? And I was like, yeah, you know, you got to do the stomp and shuffle around, you stomp and you shuffle around the next way, and then you got to give the claws up and, you, you know. I remember how to watch it, which is exactly what I did 40 yeah, years it's, ago. Yeah, it works better when you do that. I mean, I didn't remember the whole thing clearly, but, uh, you know, I'm not a choreographer either. So <laughs> I'm just a lame guy that was in the sports box. You don't know the Thriller dance? I couldn't do it either. Uh, looking at some haunted history stuff for Idaho today, Idaho's a little weak in the haunted history. You think so? Uh, just at least on what I'm seeing. Look, I went to the uh, visit Idaho.org travel tips just looking for some haunted things that you could go see. That's where they'd cover that, huh? And it was a little bit on the weak side. Okay. I mean, so uh, the the number one thing, and I had to ask you for the pronunciation because I just didn't know it. The Haunted Mansions of Albion. Albion? Mm-hmm. Okay. Are you familiar with all these? I, I, I don't know about the Haunted right. Mansions. You may want to bring a buddy to make it through of, the of largest indoor-outdoor haunted production in the Northwest. Weave your way through 100-year-old buildings, once known as the Albion State Normal School. That's where my grandma went to college. I mean, not college. It was actually high school at the time. Ooh. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, during your daring visit, it says you'll make your way through various levels, tunnels, and corridors yeah. of the haunted historic buildings. No, not corridors. Oh, my gosh. There is a picture that goes along with it. That's not doing you any good today. And, and of course, talks about the old Idaho penitentiary. Yeah, that's Some true. of the most notorious criminals of the West. Debbie Debbie has spent Halloween night in the uh, old Idaho penitentiary. Really? Yeah, with uh, some ghost chasers just to see if they could get anything on tape. Have you ever done a ghost chase? No. I have done one. I got to say it was a little creepy. It was a little bit creepy. From what I understand from watching it on TV, all you really have to do is uh, sit around and pretend you heard something and they go, what was that? What was that? What was that? <laughs> and, you know, then, that's pretty good. Then you can make a show out of it, I guess. Yeah. It was a it was a ghost chase in the old uh, commercial casino in Elko, Nevada, mm. uh, to where a ghost named Haunt, uh, Handsome Harry is supposed to be roaming the halls looking for his bride, and his bride is supposed to be the ghost shows up every once in a while in the room in which she was killed, mm. waiting for her husband to show up. Harry apparently doesn't know which room is theirs and looking around for her. She doesn't know where he is. She's looking around for him. And you might want to start with the bridal suite. Just well, to, I mean, I don't know. I guess I don't, I don't really know. What, just a guess. I mean, it, was, it was clear back in the Old West days. So, yeah. KBOI News Time, 756. 
Drive home live and local with Nate Shellman this afternoon at 3. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Tell you about some more haunted Idaho here before we close out today's show. Yeah. But we have a damn near impossible question that you're going to have to answer. We do. Uh, don't call right now. We're going to ask you in about 20 minutes for the uh, uh, answer to the damn near impossible question. And you will, at that time, call 208-336-3700 to win a pair of tickets to the Dave Matthews Band concert coming up November 8th at the Ford Idaho Center in Nampa. It's all brought to you by Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, Silverhawk Realty, Dang, a local company tickets. with a global network for all your real estate needs. Call 208-888-4128. 32 years ago today in Seattle on Halloween, singer Billy Idol played a Halloween prank on his opening act, Faith No More. He put four pigs and a goat in their dressing room, and then he had something dumped on them as they performed on stage. What was it that he had dumped on the heads of the band Faith No More? Hmm. Uh, I will uh, I will save my guesses. Do we have any hints? Are we going to give any hints today? Uh, it's something you could easily purchase in Seattle. Okay. Where, where they were. All right. We'll just throw that at you. Uh, <laughs> it's also a good it's a small, uh, hint. Yeah. Small hint. Tiny hint. Uh, it is uh, just about top of the hour here, so we have news on the way. Uh, ABC News here for you, and then uh, local news to follow, so stand by for that. If you do want to call in with some haunted things for us today haunted idaho is kind of what i've been searching for today i did find some haunted walking tours and something called scary wood i don't know where that's at but i'll i'll read all about it and tell you what that's mm. uh coming up here but uh, if you have a ghost story i'd love to hear it 208-336-3700 pound 670 on your verizon wireless or uh, 1-800-529-kboi is a good number for you to call um also Bob Beeler will be checking in here at 8.30 today for Bronco Monday. So we've got lots to take care of. Mike Casper's out. I'm Rick Worthington filling in, and it is 8 o'clock. For Google Play, simply say, hey, Google, play 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 8.07 on News Talk KBOI. Rick Worthington here for Mike Casper today, along with Chris Walton. Happy Halloween, one and all. Of course, today is when the trick-or-treaters will uh, head out somewhere. Mm, I think mine usually start just a little bit before dark. Dusk, I guess, is the best mm-hmm. way to put that. We try to go out when it's not completely dark. At least start heading I was, out. I was figured it'll be five to nine. Uh, it. Let's see. We We're usually inside by nine o'clock. Yeah, we're usually done for the night by 9 o'clock. Mm. Yeah, because dad's got to go to bed. <laughs> Girls are supposed to go to bed. It's not like there won't be any candy consumed at like 9.05 mm, p.m. either. Uh, Debbie McAllister, uh, who Chris knows a lot about and uh, works in the newsroom for us, she had a chance to speak with the Boise Police uh, Community advisor community supervisor he, he does a lot of things for the boise police department ed fritz and uh, he talked about you know looking out for trick-or-treaters and what all is going on tonight think about when we 
comes to Halloween and trick-or-treating? You know, obviously, we want people to have fun. That's what the, the, the holiday is all about. But we want people to be safe at the same time, too. So it's just going to those safety reminders, whether you're a, a parent taking your kids out, whether you're a kid going out, whether you're a homeowner that's going to be taking in trick-or-treaters, or whether you're just driving from an event to an event from there, just things that we want people to be, be aware of. So first and foremost, if we're young children are going out, we always encourage them to go with an adult, with an older sibling, someone that's going to be responsible for for them. If there's groups of you know older you know kids going out, we encourage them to go in groups just because it's going to be safer for them that way. Um, one thing we need to what we would worry about, especially because it's going to be dark out, people have dark costumes, things of that nature, is just people being able to see <laughs> each mm-hmm. other, whether you're driving or walking or whichever else like that. So encouraging kids to have flashlights, take glow sticks, have glow-in-the-dark necklaces, uh, things of that nature, so that people can see them when they're out and about, and they can see when they're out and about, too. Obviously, we encourage kids not to go into dark, unlit houses if the lights are off. Don't go inside strangers' houses that you're out trick-or-treating for from them. And also, the other good safety stuff like that is just reminding kids, if they're going to be out and about, you know, have them have a cell phone number. Have them have a number that we can call or someone can call in case they could get lost or get separated. And just all that kind of information we'd want those kids to know, even, you know, that they're out and about in case, you know, the worst happens and they get separated from their group or separated from their parents, that, that we can still get them reunited with mom and dad. What do officers see on Halloween? And maybe the rest of us should be aware of. Yeah, you know, and a lot of it is about the driving and the safety pieces as as well. And so, if if kids are crossing the street, you know, we encourage them to cross at the sidewalk, cross at intersections, making sure you see the driver, the driver sees you before you go out. Don't dart out in the traffic. Don't dart out between cars. You know, kind of mid block because it's going to be harder for drivers to see you and uh, the stop if they they have to do so quickly. For the driver's side of it. Obviously, especially in residential neighborhoods, areas around school, things where there's going to be a lot of kids around, you know, be be aware, slow, slow down for that. And just realize that, you know, kids get excited this time of year. And so they might not always be thinking of safety as they're running between between houses with candy on their mind. Super excited. I've seen children run like never before on Halloween. Oh, they got to get to all the houses fast. Um, We know kids and parents put a lot of thought into their costumes. My son's been working on his for weeks. But is there anything we should be thinking about to make the costumes more safe for our kids? You know, I think about that visibility piece first and foremost. So whether it's glow sticks, the flashlight, or even reflective strips on costumes, do things like that so it's a way to be seen. I know we've seen many costume bags or candy bags have, you know, reflective materials on them. And so if, you know, light shines on them, a headlight shines on them, they're going to be able to be seen that way. You know, uh, visibility from being able to see well is always a concern <laughs> if you're wearing masks mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So make sure masks fit good. They're not blocking the eyes, and so we're not worried about kids tripping, falling in traffic, things of that nature. And also, if costumes are too big and dragging on the ground and stuff like that, is that's going to cause a hazard for for children that way as well. The thing that everyone looks forward to every year is going to Harrison Boulevard here in Boise to go trick-or-treating. They go all out on Harrison Boulevard. I don't know how they afford it, but they do. And kids love it. Parents love it. Are they going to be doing it this year, Ed? Harrison Boulevard is happening again this year. And so uh, working with ACHD, we're closing off some streets. And so you'll be able to safely make your way up and down Harrison Boulevard between Resge and Hill Road. Uh, there will be some limited traffic at intersections at Lemp Street and Harrison. 
and we'll be able to uh, monitor traffic in there, let traffic go through with that. But you know, just once again, safety reminders from from that: be be <laughs> cautious, be aware, be uh, respectful of the neighborhoods that you go to. From from that, we also heard that the neighborhoods providing porta potties this year, which was a concern for for some of the homeowners in the area of you know of so many people and kids having to go to the bathroom from time to time. So they can have that and available for folks as well. Well, is there anything else that we need to know or should think about on Halloween? You know, we want it to be safe. And so if you're participating, handing out candy, making sure, yeah, your, your house is decorated, but it's going to be safe for kids to walk up to with, with that. We'll have the lights on, have that, you know, tripping hazards out of the way so they can make it down safely, and just go out and have a good time from, from there. As always, Boise Pleiadi, if you're going to be on Harrison Boulevard, we'll see you out there as well. We'll be out handing out candy as they'll swing by and say hi to our officers. There you go. Ed Fritz from Boise Police Department. Her- I've not done Harrison Boulevard on Halloween. Neither, I know that's the thing to do. My kids did a lot, but they always had somebody else drop them off. <laughs> I mean, just honestly, I'm not that ambitious to go all the way from Meridian out to Harrison Boulevard to see it, but I think it would be a lot of fun. I don't know, maybe, maybe the kids and I will do that tonight. I, I mean, I'm thinking also about the fact that they may get some full-size candy bars, and that always does Dad some good, so. <laughs> diet, diet, Rick, diet. KBOI News Time is eight fourteen. The Great One, Mark Levin, tonight at seven. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris live and local on News Talk KBOI. All right, at eight twenty-four, it's time for our damn near impossible question, and see if we can get an answer. Again, Chris will give you the question, and we're playing for a pair of tickets to see the Dave Matthews Band. Mm-hmm. You uh, need to know what happened 32 years ago today in Seattle. It was uh, Halloween 1990, and singer Billy Idol had a concert that night. He played a Halloween prank on his opening act, Faith No More. He uh, put four pigs and a goat in their dressing room, and then he also had something dumped on their heads as they performed on stage. What was it he had dumped on Faith No More? This is brought to you by... Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, Silverhawk Realty, recent winner of the Circle of Excellence Award. They are ranked as the number 44 best Berkshire brokerage in the world. All right. If you have an answer, we're ready for you. We'll start with line one. Cheryl, you're up first. How are you this morning? And happy oh, Halloween. Good, good. Filling out forms for the ski swap. Oh, well, I, I hear you. I hope I get up there this year. I've been wanting to get back to Bogus. All right, Cheryl, let's see if you're smart enough to figure this one out. Uh, they dumped. 600 dead fish on top of them. They and, of course, after that, they come back with uh, payback and brought on all these naked men with, with <laughs> masks and T-shirts over their heads. Chris, is she <laughs> right about show. any of this? She's 100% oh, right about all of Cheryl, it. Cheryl, check out the big brain on Cheryl today. Nice well job, done, Cheryl. Well done. <laughs> I got to tell you, though, I'm a little jealous you're getting these tickets to see Dave Matthews. It's going to be a good show. Yeah, well, if I don't have anybody to go with, I'll I'll give you a call. Just give me a ring, Cheryl. <laughs> I will. <laughs> Appreciate it. Stay on the line. We'll get some information from you. And uh, congratulations. Happy Halloween to you. If you didn't get the answer today, make sure you're listening tomorrow around the same time. We'll give you a question. You give us the answer. We give you something. And that's kind of how it works. Mm-hmm. Bob Beeler will be stepping in for Bronco Monday. Stand by for that. KBOI News Time is 826. This is Bronco Monday. The ball is caught for a Bronco touchdown. We'll discuss the most recent Boise State game and discuss the upcoming schedule. 
Now here's Mike Casper, Chris Walton, and the voice of the Broncos, Bob Bob Beeler, on your flagship for Bronco football, News Talk, KBOI. 838, of course, Mike Casper is out today. I'm Rick Worthington filling in with Chris Walton and Bob Beeler right here next to me. Bob, good morning. How are you? Great. Unfortunately, we're going to see the month of October turn to November. Not that we can't continue oh, the good things, but good boy, month. the last four games for Boise State, ever since that loss to El Paso, have been unbelievable against some pretty good teams. I'm not going to put Colorado State in that category, but no. but uh, the other three were tough wins, and then you do something that you should do when you face a team that isn't all that good, and that's win easily. Yeah, you should smoke Colorado State. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I think um, as we get into this, Bob, the – the first couple of games of the season and the last four games of this season, it's a complete turnaround. I mean, 180 degrees. We went from, well, we knew we had a good defense, and that's been the yeah. one constant yes. of this program. But the this, way this, this offense year. has moved has just been yeah. very dramatically well, different. And then I think you just look at the improvement of Talon Green. I mean, the first game that he started against San Diego State. Now, I think that, let me go back. I think the fact that he played better than half the game against Oregon State in the opener coming in for Bachmeyer, I think did help him because then in his start, he's played a decent amount. Mm-hmm. But in both of those games, he was a running quarterback who occasionally had to pass. Mm-hmm. And then if you look at the numbers that that he's put up, I think he completed five passes against San Diego State and then 10 or 12 in the next game. I mean, you just look at, at what he's been able to do. He threw for 305 yards. He just looks so much more confident. 80% pass completions. You know, That's terrific. Yeah, exactly. And I, and I know some teams are better defensively than others, but, I mean, every t- every game he has just looked more confident. I was impressed, you know, and I think the receivers haven't been fantastic this year, but nine different people caught passes. Four people caught four more passes. Mm-hmm. It was really spread out, so he did a good job of delivering the ball to the person who was open, not just like last year. I mean, how many times did Khalil Shakir get the ball? He probably well, was open, but it was it was kind of a one man show last open. year. Yeah, <laughs> you've you've been here in, in Boise about what sixteen, seventeen years? Uh, not like quite then. that long. Oh, this is my fifteenth. Oh, fifteenth. Okay. And uh, of all the teams you've seen at Boise State, has there been one during that time that had a better run defense? A better run, run defense. defense. That's a good question. I mean, some of those teams... Because, you know, what was the total rushing yards for uh, Colorado State? They had three. They had three yards. But one of the things about college people have to realize, unlike the pros, sacks come off your running total. Okay. So not that they had a lot of running yardage, but it's sometimes a little misleading when you have five or six sacks in a game. If the average is, say, minus six, you're taking 30 yards off the the total if you have five sacks. i got to be honest. I, I hate looking at statistics... And judging a defense sure. just just on that. I mean, we and we talked about this in the press box a little mm-hmm. bit. Richie and I did. Uh, I'm talking about Richie Brock. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Richie and I were talking about the idea that, like, the 2010 team, for instance, mm-hmm. was a monster defense with some big names and some guys that went pro and proved themselves over time to be really terrific defensive players. And, of course, time will tell whether this team will have guys like that or not. Um, but you also have something that, was unexpected with this defense. Guys like Shram have stepped up mm-hmm. and played so well that he could be defensive player of the year when this is all done. Nobody expected that. Well, and I think this thing 
too, about this defense. Who's your MVP? And I think the reason this defense is good mm-hmm. is because they play so well across the board. Yes. That, you know, the defensive line. I mean, we had Matlock and two or three others out in the D-line, and they come up with five sacks. <laughs> Opacheri comes up with seven tackles and four and a half of them for loss. Yeah, welcome mm-hmm. back. <laughs> you know, I mean, he hasn't played a whole lot this year. So I think the depth... I think being in the right place at the right time, in other words, they, they, they don't get fooled. I, I don't know that you have, like you say about a defensive player of the year, I, I don't know that we have a defensive player of the year on the team because somebody that votes from, say, the San Diego State coach, he may have thought Matlock was the best. Mm-hmm. And maybe the Colorado State He's guy is going to vote for somebody else because yeah. Matlock didn't play in the game. So I, I think the group's success is, to me, what I've been impressed with on defense ball. Really? For sure. Uh, as far as you know, this team goes by way of Taylor Green. Mm-hmm. Uh, his ability to run the football really is, I think, what set this thing up so well. Because he's his ability to run and defenses ha- having to play him honest has really opened things up on the inside for those runners. Mm-hmm. And, and Halani, I think you know we we missed him at Air Force. And sure, you'd like to think he'd have been worth another touchdown in the red zone. I mean, they were. Seven for seven in the red zone against Colorado State. And I know Air Force is better than Colorado State. But he gets some tough yards. Mm-hmm. And then Genty not playing in the second half against Air Force, you know, I, yeah, he does open things up. You gotta be you gotta be honest. You get you you got and it also I think helps him a little bit in the passing game because you have to be honest there too, that you can't rush in so quick that mm-hmm. maybe he gets by you. We will take a break here. We're gonna come back and I know you've got some sound to play here, uh So we'll get to that. Stand by as this is Bronco Monday. Now back to Bronco Monday on your flagship for Bronco football. News Talk KBOI. 846, it's Bronco Monday on News Talk KBOI. Rick Worthington and Chris Walton in today with Mike Casper on the shelf. But Bob Beeler is here and uh, we're talking about Boise State football right now. And a 49-10 win over Colorado State. Everybody in that locker room was feeling pretty good, I would think. I would think so, because every position group is going to think they had a hand in it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Everybody played and well. And they did. And we'll start with, we were talking about the development of Taylor Green and uh, post-game Coach Avalos joined Pete Cavender and me, and we had to ask him about the development of Taylor Green quarterback. It's all about continued progress and how do we keep getting better. And, you know, and, 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 and again, this is a, it's not going to just happen overnight this has been a gradual deal and it's just exciting to see you know this be his best performance um you know tonight we said we're going to be able to build off some things last week he made some some throws last week that were extremely impressive a couple of them you know there was a um, big hit um force fumble on one of them and and there was a penalty on another and and you know so uh, this week we were able to really put it together and, and it was awesome not only see him but it's the wide receivers it's the tight ends as well and it's also the offensive line. They gave him some time. I don't ever, ever remember him really being harassed. No, I don't remember. There was one play in particular I do remember that there was a rush. He twisted off to the right, mm-hmm. then reversed his direction and came back around the end and threw a dart. Mm-hmm. And after a play like that, you just you look around it's like, I can't, yeah. I can't catch that guy. He did too fast for me. Yeah, and, he, and he moved well out of the pocket, but I also thought he was able to stop and gather his balance, and be in a good throwing motion. So I think that was something that looked good. And then uh, the running game was good, too. 200 yards plus again. 
And uh, George Halani over 100 yards for a, for his 11th time in his career. Well, you know what? Not everything's always going to be blocked perfectly. And George makes that right a lot more times than not. We see the main guys miss, um, you know, the yards after contact with – we got a few guys in that backfield, including uh, Taylor, that I think we've all seen that can make guys miss. And that's a that's a big help because, like I said, things aren't always going to be blocked up perfectly, but when you got guys that can create on their own, it's awesome to see. And we're able to wear out, you know, uh, defensive fronts that way. And then Boise State every week, it seems like there's a position that gets depleted. At Air Force, it was running back. Mm-hmm. They were all back this week. But uh, the Colorado State game, Boise State, had four defensive linemen that couldn't play. Matlock Cravens, Tarlis Hurt, Banya decided to leave the team, so they're down four, but other guys step up, including Obacheri, with the four-and-a-half tackles for loss, and Coach commented on the depth at that position. Yeah, just really proud of those guys stepping up. We just talked about that in the locker room. You know, there's a lot of hard work that goes into this, and when you get your opportunity and your chance, it's about playing um, discipline, discipline football with a certain mentality and doing your job and being productive. And that's what we call dependable depth right there. And there's a lot of hard work that goes into, uh, developing guys and training guys. Uh, and we're just proud to see, you know, those guys be able to step up and do what they did tonight. You can just hear the excitement in coach's voice as far as, you know, he says about proud of the team, right? All across the board. And my last question that we had for him on the, on the post game show was what a difference a month makes because that yeah. tone would not have been heard in El Paso at the end of September when the team was two and two, changes were made, and this team has just uh, resurged to win the four games in the last four games. And uh, this is what he had to say about the change: just their confidence and knowing and believing that if we prepare a certain way and we train and we take care of ourselves and we do the things that are required, um, that we're capable of of being this type of team. And we have a lot of guys on this team. And I just, again, the coaches holding a certain standard and, and being committed to that standard and, and guys working every day. And, and you know what? Having fun doing that work. That's the biggest thing. At this point in the season, everybody's tired. Everybody's banged up. How are we going to keep ourselves, our minds and our bodies fresh and, and come here every day and have fun attacking the new objectives each week brings? Again, Boise State, 49 to 10 over Colorado State. I don't think there's much you can complain about coming out of that game. I know that we have a big game coming up and we'll touch on that when we come back. Once again, Bob Beeler in studio with us today for Bronco Monday. Now back to Bronco Monday on your flagship for Bronco football. News Talk KBOI. 8.53 now on Bronco Monday. With Bob Beeler, I'm Rick Worthington, and Chris Walton is here with you. Uh, we are looking at the BYU game coming up here on Saturday. Now, I'll ask you, because I've, I've only seen KSL in Salt Lake talking about game time. They were talking about okay. a, a 5 p.m. kickoff It looks time. like that's what it's going to be. I haven't seen like anything official, official. I think some of the hesitation is, this is me guessing, but Fox, Big Fox, has the World Series Game 7. Mm-hmm. And I have a feeling that if Game 7 isn't played because, you know, it goes in five sure, games or yeah. six games, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if things, not the time, but the games move. Change up. Like maybe who's, who's on, on Fox 1 yeah. might be on Big Fox and who's on Fox 2, which it looks like at least that's all the, the rumors or the stories is it's at 5 o'clock on Fox 2 okay. right now. But, Good to know. But I haven't seen anything officially 
making that statement. So uh, uh, BYU has really struggled. You talk about Boise State, a team mm-hmm. that's ascending. BYU is descending. They've lost their last four games in a row. Boise State's won their last four. Close loss to Notre Dame. Got beat pretty badly by Arkansas. That was a home game. And then maybe the game that's the biggest head-scratcher to me, they go to Liberty in Virginia and lose 41-14. Yeah. to And then last week lose on a last-second field goal to East Carolina on Friday night. One thing we know, of course, uh, Chris. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to step on your toes. If you had a question there, I was just looking That's at. Fine. I just, I, I was going to point out this is not the season they expect. No, it to it's be. not. Yeah. And more than that, you, you don't need to give BYU any more motivation than the Broncos gave them last year. It, it, a lot of times in this series, the team that has has been expected to win sometimes has not. Mm-hmm. So last year was one of those years because Boise State went down and faced an undefeated team. I think they were ranked number ten when the game started, and right. Boise State ended up winning that game. You know, playing better football than than BYU. So we'll see. They've got a really good quarterback in Jaron Hall. Have not watched tape, which I usually try to watch about three games during the week. I do. To yeah. kind of get a feel for what they have. I don't know why they haven't done well, but I mean, I'm looking at, at some numbers defensively, and I think maybe their problems have been on defense. Giving up 31 points a game. 67% pass completion against them. Over 200 yards a game uh, rushing. And then how about this? Giving up 47% on third downs. <laughs> you know, Boise well, State's defense has been giving up about, what, 20% on third downs, and that's about it. Well, I hope and they got some speed on the end because they're going to need it to catch Taylor Green. We'll see. Uh, we'll I'm see. And this probably will be the last meeting ever between Boise State and BYU because uh, they're going to the Big 12, and the, this, the contract will not extend after this year. So this might be it right. as far as the two playing head-to-head. Bob, thank you very much. We appreciate your time for Bronco Monday, Always. and I know we'll have you back tomorrow as well. So. Uh, Bob Beeler, there he goes. Uh, this is a reminder for you. It is time to call in and tell us what the Rick Worthington play of the game was. We take calls now, right, Nathaniel? I got to look to Nathaniel for my cues here. So give a call right now, 208-336-3700. We have a $50 lock, stock, and barrel gift certificate on the line. If you can correctly identify the Rick Worthington play of the game, which you would, of course, heard during Bronco game night right after the Broncos beat the heck out of Colorado State 49-10. to So, if you've got the right answer, we'll play the soundbite for you, and you'll hear it coming up here right after the top of the hour. KBOI News Time is 8.57. See, this is why I don't host every day, because I had to give Nate 30 more seconds. <laughs> My fault, buddy. I appreciate that, though. Okay, I'm a clown. We've all figured that out. Mike Casper hopefully will be back tomorrow, so a lot less clownness on the way. Be a part of the show at 336-3700 or toll-free 1-800-529-KBOI. Now, back to Casper and Chris on News Talk KBOI. 906 News Talk KBOI. Rick Worthington in for Mike Casper today, along with Chris Walton. Happy Halloween, Chris. Happy Halloween to you. I will be out with the girls in our neighborhood trick-or-treating. I'm hoping the grandma or grandpa will watch the door for us and keep the dogs from going absolutely bonkers. (laughs) What most dogs do on Halloween night. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. Fourth of July and Halloween. Always fun for dogs. Yeah. 
Uh, we heard uh, earlier today some of the uh, audio from Ed Fritz about trick-or-treaters and so on and so forth. Uh, we'll certainly do some more Halloween-themed things here in the 9 o'clock hour, and we'll give you a chance to call in at 208-336-3700. But it is time for our play of the game. We have some callers on the line. If one of them knows the play of the game, we will have a $50 gift card to give to them, courtesy of Lock, Stock, and Barrel. Can I go to the line now? I can. Excellent. Sandy is up first. Hi, Sandy. Thanks for calling us on News Talk KBOI. How are you today? Good morning. Are you I'm having, pretty good. You're pretty having good. a happy Halloween then? Good, good? Yeah, no. so far. Right on. <laughs> uh, can you tell me what the play of the game is? It's when uh, quarterback Taylor Green called his own number and rolled out for a rushing touchdown for Boise State to go up ahead 34 to 10. That was a pretty slick run. Let's see if you're right. Green gets the snap. He'll keep it going to the left. Jukes a man, gets to the 10, gets to the 5, and gets in for the score. Eluding tacklers on the left side. And that is a masterful run by Taylor Green. It's 34 to 10. Now, you, we, we could have chosen, I say we, as in I could have chosen several plays uh, to be the play of the game. Seven certainly, touchdowns. Certainly that, uh, that touchdown where Riley tapped his toes at the back of the end zone, that was, that, was the, that was my number one choice until I saw Green dodge those two dudes and get in the end zone. <laughs> Sandy is right. Nice job, Sandy. Thank you very much for listening to the post-game show, and uh, we have a $50 gift certificate for you. Thanks. Go Broncos. Right on. Appreciate it, Sandy. Stay on the line. We'll get some information from you and make sure you get that. Boise State was really good. Mm-hmm. And here's the here's the big stat. We didn't talk about it with uh, Bob when he was on for Bronco Monday today, but 12-0. 12 wins, no losses for Boise State over Colorado State. In, in uh, Yeah, in history. That is good against anybody, really. (laughs) So, I mean, there's that. Uh, By the way, uh, phone lines open for you now at 208-336-3700 if you want to call in, talk about Halloween things in our area. Uh, I told you that we would have some Halloween-themed things to discuss. Uh, I went to the uh, website for the Department of Agriculture, and they've got dude that does some reporting for them. His name is Gary Crawford. So uh, he talks about trick-or-treating and jack-o'-lanterns and pumpkins and (laughs) all kinds of things. Nathaniel, I'm going to play this audio just so you know. Turn that on real quick for me. This is Gary Crawford talking about carving jack-o'-lanterns and uh, some longtime traditions. The great pumpkin rises out of the pumpkin patch. Well, at least in the minds of Linus and the Peanuts gang, that's what happens. Of course, it's that time of year when millions of us are out there looking for our own versions of the great pumpkin for our Halloween jack-o'-lantern. But why do we do this? Why do we carve strange faces in pumpkins, lighting them from inside and placing them at our doorsteps at Halloween? Well, gather around the glowing jack-o'-lantern with Agriculture Department historical expert Anne Eflin for this old Irish story from about the mid-1700s, the story of Jack. A drinker, a miser, a liar, a good-for-nothing character. And as we open the story, Jack is being pursued by the devil. In order to escape, he tricked the devil into climbing a tree, 
And then when he got the devil up in the tree, he cut a sign of the cross in the, in the tree and the devil couldn't come down. Well, that made the devil a little bit mad at Jack, who did eventually let him down out of the tree. But when Jack passed away, he couldn't get into heaven and the devil threw him out of the other place, tossing him a hot, glowing ember in the process. And Jack uh, had with him a turnip that he was eating and he carved out the turnip, put the ember inside and had a light that was protected from wind and rain and other things while he wanders the earth. Oh, and wander he did, Jack and his lantern, thus Jack-o'-lantern. Anne Eflin says from that story, the Irish developed the tradition of the Jack-o'-lantern. On October 31st, a night when it was believed that Jack and other recently deceased souls wandered the earth looking for live bodies to inhabit, residents would carve out turnips and put candles in them to either help guide the souls along or frighten them away. When the Irish brought this tradition of the um, candle and the turnip to the U.S., there were not many turnips around. But we did have these wonderful pumpkins that were even better suited. Perfectly suited for... Halloween, Halloween, Halloween. Uh, and another big Halloween tradition. Trick or treat! Yes, trick or treat, which Anne Eflin says may come from another ancient Celtic tradition. Called guising, as in a disguise guising where the poor would dress up in masks and costumes and go door to door and they would perform in return for food and drink. Later in Ireland and England it became mischief night where folks played pranks on each other. The Irish brought that idea to this country in the early 1800s and by the 1920s though Anne says it was getting a little out of hand. There's a lot of vandalism and crime and some violence and um, there was an effort led to change the mischief night from having kids out running around causing trouble to having kids going door to door in costume and getting treats in return. It was promoted by the Boy Scouts and other youth organizations of the period. It started out being called Beggar's Night, but by the 1930s it got the name it has today. Trick or treat! Trick or treat, that's right. In Washington, Gary Crawford reporting for the U.S. Department of Agriculture. Kind of cool, Gary Crawford, appreciate that. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I will be out uh, trick or treating tonight. As they were talking about the jack-o'-lantern, though, I would prefer the turnip than the pumpkin, just personally. What surprises me is uh, how many uh, older teenagers and even adults trick-or-treat now without even having any kids with them. Now, you know, like, a, like 25-year-olds and stuff like yeah. that. They just, for some reason, go out and trick-or-treat. And I don't yeah, I say anything to them. I just, you know, hand them candy like I would anybody. Sure. But I can remember, you know, when I was 11 years old in sixth grade and we went trick-or-treating, and then the very next year, I get invited to a Halloween party, and we were in junior high, so we figured we were too old to be trick-or-treating anyway when we were 12. So we stopped. Really? Yeah. And Stop trick-or-treating at 12? My best friends and I never uh, trick-or-treated again. We just always, you know, either got together and did something or went to a party or had a party or something on Halloween. Well, I think you're probably right about that. I think 6th, 7th grade is when I probably quit, so that's, you know, 12, 13. But they just don't quit now. They go ahead and just keep doing it. And I don't have a problem. Somebody's going around trick-or-treating. I don't have a problem. No, it's not like I'm, I'm the candy. It's not like I'm trying to save the candy for some other reason. Yeah, I, I'm i okay with it, though. I was going to tell you that the the pumpkins that we carved this year were not regular pumpkins. It's the first time I've seen this. Maybe I'm just way behind. But they were artificial carvable. Artificial pumpkins carvable pumpkins car yeah so they're they're basically it's a styrofoam on the inside with a hard plastic shell around it and you use the same tools that you would do to carve up your your pumpkin but 
girls wanted to carve pumpkins like the first week of October. <laughs> it's like if we do it now, girls, that they're going to be gross by the time Halloween comes around. We can't do it yet. And we were looking around Target, and they're like, "See, we can get a pumpkin right now, Dad." It's like a plastic pumpkin. I was skeptical. Now I don't think I'll ever have to carve a pumpkin again because I'm going to save this one. I'll tell you about it when we come back, and uh, we'll we'll look at some other Halloween themed yeah. things and of course we'll open up the phones for you paul i see you on hold right there 208-336-3700 we'll do that when we come back it's nine fifteen. tonight at 10 it's michael knowles now back to mike casper and chris walton this is casper and chris live and local on news talk kboi 9 19 on news talk kboi we're glad you're with us today uh, once again, the number to call in, 208-336-3700. Paul has been waiting patiently. Paul, thanks for calling us this morning. How are you today? Fine. Morning. Happy Halloween. Thank you. Good yep. morning. Happy Halloween to you as well. Thank you. I find it a little odd that Mike would call in on Halloween for being sick out of work. That that kind of makes me think that, you know, I often wondered if he was actually Casper the Friendly Ghost. <laughs> <laughs> well, he is today. <laughs> I don't think he's the type of guy that would call in because he had the bottle flu. No. Nope. No, nope. he just doesn't seem like the type. But, well, things uh, are rolling pretty well for Mike these days. I mean, you saw the Seahawks won, and that, that usually is my first thought. It's like, all right, did the Seahawks play yesterday, and did they lose? Well, in this case, they won, and they won a big game. So, I don't know. I don't think he was out celebrating. You know, you guys were talking about something when it was in the news. Some guys got arrested and convicted, and, and uh, I guess what they were doing was they were weighing down some fish during a fishing treatment or a tournament. Yeah, we talked about that last mm-hmm. week. Yeah, that's what I was wondering. You know, I think they got the idea actually from a book in the 1880s by Mark Twain called The Jumping Frog of Calaveras County. In that book, if you read it, they have jumping frogs, and somebody put the lead pellets inside the frog so it couldn't jump so it lost <laughs> and that's kind of the opposite but yeah. i see them using that idea that's funny that's interesting yeah, yeah i read that book 48 years ago i figured it out clear back in the time. day right on paul hey yeah. thanks very much hope you have a happy halloween today you too be you, safe out there too you okay. take care all right Thanks, Paul. Again, the number to call, 208-336-3700. Uh, there, there's plenty of things happening in news today. Uh, opening statements set for today in the criminal trial of former President Donald Trump's namesake, family real estate business, which has been charged by the Manhattan District Attorney's Office with orchestrating that 15-year scheme to help certain executives evade taxes. Trial gets underway as Trump lays the groundwork for a what we think is a possible presidential run campaign for candidates running in the midterms elections a little more than a week away. Um, it is a week from tomorrow, by the way, election day, though Trump himself is not charged and is not expected to testify. His name is expected to be mentioned very often in this. He signed certain checks that will be presented as evidence and witnesses will also testify about conversations that they had with him. So, that is one of the things that you will be hearing about in news today. Instant message here from Denny in Nampa. 
He says, many years ago, I was the night property manager at the Tahoe Biltmore Lodge and Casino at the north shore of Lake Tahoe, Nevada. Uh-huh. During my wanderings on graveyard shift, I was required to check out the entire operation, which included the older areas like the dressing rooms upstairs behind the stage. There, on one of my treks, I came upon the dressing room of a long-deceased show dancer from the 60s who had died in a tragic car accident back then. Throughout the years, the owners had decided to not change anything in her dressing room. Her name was Mary, and her faceless spirit was reported to wander all over the property, making occasional appearances to shocked guests and employees. As I hesitated at the open doorway to her former dressing room, the hair on the back of my neck stood up and reminded me that there was absolutely no reason I should be here. I took a step in. I looked around quickly. I exited with the hair on my neck still at attention. No sounds, no usual noise from an old property except for my heavy breathing. As I headed back down the stairs, I was relieved that I had not seen Mary but pictured her spirit at the top of the stairs laughing at me. No, I did not turn around. Mm. (laughs) That's probably uh, a good idea. Denny and Nampa. Denny, thank you for the email on that one. Uh, I have been on a ghost chase before. And I, I, I'll just tell you this. It was a dare. Mm-hmm. It's like, I dare you to go on that ghost hunt. It was a group that had come in to film a television show. I don't think it was ghost hunters, but I think it was like ghost hunters. Yeah. And it was at the old commercial hotel casino in Elko, Nevada. Now, if you know anything about the place, you know that it's old as the hills. It's been there, one of the oldest buildings in town. And it's directly across the street from the courthouse. And the railroad tracks used to run right across the middle of Main Street. Casino on one side, hotel on one side. And then you've got the courthouse on the other. Okay. And the ghost hunt was for... Handsome Harry is what his, I don't know, yeah, I don't know what his real name was, but everybody called him Handsome Harry. So he was both handsome and hairy. Uh, apparently. Okay. Uh, handsome Harry married a woman who was the girlfriend of some big burly rancher, bully, Brutus type of character, who was not a very nice guy, apparently. Harry and his his lady friend at the time, married and they go to the courthouse they get married they go across the street to the hotel and this is where they're going to spend their their wedding night together is at the commercial hotel harry is handsome harry because he's a very spiffy dresser he is a gambler dapper and there is a card game that's going on and before he goes with his new bride to celebrate their wedding He's going to go play cards. Priorities. Well, I mean, it's a different day and age, clearly. Harry goes down to play cards. Meanwhile, villain of story, big broody dude, comes racing all the way across town on his horse, runs into the casino, and runs up the stairs to where the Bridal suite is. Where Handsome Mary or whatever her name is. Handsome Harry is still playing cards, doesn't know anything about what's going on. Okay. Guy goes and 
knocks on the door of the honeymoon suite and shoots the bride dead. Handsome Harry, coming up the staircase, passes the same guy and asks him, hey, do you know where the honeymoon suite is? I'm not sure where I'm, oh, where he I'm hasn't going. He doesn't, upstairs yet. He, hasn't, he hasn't been up there. He doesn't know where it's at. So he walks right past the guy, doesn't know who he is, asks him, where's the honeymoon suite? Guy says, it's right over there. And as soon as Harry turns his back, bang, shoots him dead really? in the back. And so the ghost story is, is that forever now, handsome Harry is asking for directions to the honeymoon suite because he doesn't know where it is. And bride is in the honeymoon suite waiting for Harry and they never cross paths. And that was the documentary or the the film that they were shooting. Mm -hmm. And there's, there's more to it. I'll tell you how it all went. I know we got to hit a break here and we've got news at the bottom of the hour. So stand by. I'll give you the rest of the story and we come back and see how I'm Paul Harvey. Now all of a sudden (laughs) KBOI news time is nine 27. Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are News Talk KBOI. It's a Chris Walton favorite. It is, in fact. <laughs> Happy Halloween, everybody. Rick Worthington in for Mike Casper today on News Talk KBOI. I would love it if you called in and told us a good ghost story. Today would be the day for it. 208-336-3700 or pound 670 on your Verizon wireless if you want to get into us today. I had been telling you about a ghost hunt that I went on. It was in the old commercial casino hotel in Elko, Nevada. Where I was born, in fact, in Elko, Nevada. The the town itself, not the casino. Correct. Right. Although, never mind. I was going to make a wisecrack about sports betting, and I look at my fantasy football teams, which is the only sports betting I do these days, and it didn't go so well this week. So. Okay. Um, the process, I mean, I, I, I gave you the story. If you missed it, it's very intensive. You don't need to hear it. Just know that I went on a ghost hunt in the upstairs portion of the commercial casino. It's three levels. The bottom level is where the casino is, and the top two levels are now vacant. The rooms are all still there, and there's garbage everywhere, and it's nasty, and it smells of smoke like no place I've ever been in my entire life. Cigarette smoke. Well, it's because it's a casino, you know? People smoke in casinos, and it is heavy with smoke. So the process of going through the ghost hunt with the people that were doing the the program, you walk around through the through the building, mm-hmm. and they say we we think this is the room where the honeymoon suite is. They don't know for sure because the there are no records of where that was. The story of handsome Harry, yeah. But they know that this is where the casino staircase was, and this is where we believe handsome Harry was was shot. <laughs> And so they want you to like walk through the area, and they 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 were asking questions like, "Do do you feel any presence?" I mean, they're asking you to you know, yeah. 
I, I made a joke of it at the time. It was like they wanted to know whether my spidey senses were tingling or not, and they, they were not. But you would walk through certain portions of the, the upstairs, and the, there would be a little temperature fluctuation. And that's where they started going hardcore with the little gadgets that they had. You know, I'd, I don't know if they had a flux capacitor or what exactly they had, but they had little gadgets that looked like tricorders, and they're trying to take readings. And they get all excited and they go scurrying about and you just kind of back off and let them do their thing. At no point during that time did I ever see or witness anything that would have made me think there was any type of paranormal activity. And so the question that they hit us with after the the ghost hunt was over, now do you believe in ghosts? And I was like, <laughs> not any more than when I started. Now, now that you have sorry. Now that you haven't seen anything, do you believe in ghosts just because of that? And I guess it's a good question to ask. Do you believe in ghosts? Have you ever been visited by a spirit? And now I think I'm Art Bell, okay? Mm -hmm. Let's go to the wild card line, (laughs) 208-336-3700. I love me some Art Bell, man. But to the point... On Halloween, do you really believe in ghosts? Nathaniel shakes his head, nods his head. I'm sorry, nods his head. He, he definitely believes in ghosts. Chris, do you believe in ghosts? I don't believe in fathers and sons, so I suppose so. Church joke. Okay. The Holy Ghost. I get it. Now I was like. Well done. What? Okay, yeah, it took me a minute. I'm sorry, I'm slow on the uptake. Nathaniel, you believe in ghosts? Well, I, you just nodded, yes, you do. I was grab a microphone. Tell me why you believe in ghosts. Uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean yeah. why not? It's not hurting anyone. Uh, <laughs> I've been ghosted. I, I have been ghosted. I mean, our, our college dorms were haunted for sure. Like, for sure. How so? Uh, well, me and a buddy of mine. Where Where is the college, by the way? Where are you talking about? NNU over in Nampa. NNU's dorms are haunted? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Freshman boys dorm, absolutely haunted. Absolutely. I mean, like a weird science haunted or? Uh, so this is the weirdest occurrence that I've had. Uh-huh. Um, we So oftentimes you would hear people like walking around the halls at night and all the lights are like motion activated. So you could just stick your head out of the room and tell if somebody's in the hallway. Um, but we... We would hear people like walking around outside and we would hear voices and talking and we would poke our heads outside. Nobody would be there. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, one night I'm down in like part of the lobby area there um, and we head out to go into the dorms and me and a buddy of mine hear people playing ping pong. And so we assume, oh, hey, we must have left one of our friends back there. So we turn around and all of the lights are off. And again, they're all motion activated. All of the lights are off, but we've just heard ping pong happening. You've heard the ball hitting the table and everything, and you can't like mistake that sound. That's that's the a sound. NNU ghosts at the dorm play ping pong. Apparently, because hmm. not only did we hear it, but we turned the corner and a ping pong ball rolled out of the dark lobby just towards us and hit my friend's foot. And then we both looked at each other and went, "Yeah, we need to go to bed." And we just <laughs> turned around, and <laughs> walked up three flights of stairs, and went to bed, and just prayed that whatever was down there was not looking for us. Okay. Now, Chris, I don't know that there's any um, correlation here. I think, and this is a bad way to word this, the more religious you are, 
the more likely you are the to more believe likely you are to believe in, 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 in something. In, I was going to say spiritual. Well, in, but, in something yeah. supernatural or spiritual, yes. So I could see if you have a large faith in God, you would believe in angels. And if you believe in angels, you probably believe in demons. It, you probably probably believe in demons. And therefore, ghosts, do they do they fall into some category there? Look, I went to Sunday school for a long time, but we didn't talk about ghosts. We talked about angels. Talked about angels. Guardian angels. So who kind of have the reputation as being, you know, nice. Yeah, I mean helpful. Yeah, I'd love to hear what you guys have to say about the subject. Uh, as far as as far as experiences, I've never seen a ghost, or you know, even even had an inkling that I was near one. So there has been a time in my life where i I honestly believed that I would be dead right now if it weren't for some type of guardian angel driving. In the Lake Tahoe area, in my Volkswagen Squareback, and I'm 18 years old, I lost control on the ice and slid between three different cars without hitting them while I was facing the wrong way, just spinning out of control. Missed a BMW, missed a semi, missed another some kind of SUV car. Flipped around and hit a snowbank and never hit anything else. Could have gone off Donner Summit. Could have been run over by a semi. And I mean, there are some people that are probably like, yeah, that should have happened, Rick. I don't have any explanation. My friend said, Rick, that's the best driving I've ever seen. It was like, I had no control. Hmm. I was not in control. That's a Jesus take the wheel kind of moment. Doug is on the line. Let's check in. Hi, Doug. Thanks for calling us today. Well, good morning. I got a couple of them. Um, I don't know if you guys know about the Kirker, not Kirker Pass, but um, going to over um, Highway 152 in Gilroy area, where the female um, goes is hitchhiking, waiting for you to stop and let her in. I'm that's, one of that's, that's the place where the garlic is, right? Yes. Um, I've heard the story. That's. There's yeah, I've not heard this. I've not heard this one. And she, she wants she's she's in a prom dress or something like that. Hitchhiking uh, in a prom guy, dress. Huh. Yes. Well, they were. She was headed to a, a prom or coming back from the prom when she got in a bad crash and died. Ah, I see. So she. So she's still trying to get to the, the prom. Gotcha. Right. You say you had another the one other as well. Yeah, the other one was in Colorado, the Stanley Hotel. I've heard about uh, the Stanley a, Hotel, yeah. That's a pretty famous yeah, one. They, one of the radio stations brought in, I forgot what um, sci-fi company um, channel, and so they opened it the, um, the, for people to call and ask about if they, they, if they can feel any orbs in this one room, room two, 227, I think it was. And they're actually doing their um, program right there from the, one of the um, news stations over there. Mm-hmm. 
and they'd, they'd feel people would feel things going through there. Not a room you want to go into. I would, I would guess not. Yeah. <laughs> kind of knowing, knowing some things about it now. Doug, thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Happy Halloween Thank to you, buddy. Thanks. Take care. I, I wonder how many people think their house is haunted and it's just drafty. I remember uh, Dave Grohl from Foo Fighters was talking about a house that he had rented that he was sure was haunted. He talks about it in, in his new book. I love Foo Fighters, so Dave Grohl talks about anything. I'm paying attention to that one. Steve is in Boise. Thanks for calling us today, Steve. How are you? I'm good. How are you guys? Very good. Thanks for calling us today. Well, I, I got a Halloween story for you. This comes back from 30 years ago. I uh, have been divorced for like six and a half years, and nobody invited me to a Halloween party that year. So I was pretty lonely and feeling pretty isolated. So I was in my hot tub, and I asked God to bring me a Christian woman. Two, two weeks later, a gal calls me and sets me up on a blind date. And uh, that was on Friday the 13th. And 18 months later, I married that gal, and I was married to her for 26 years almost. And then I buried Friday the 13th in 2020. Mm, wow. Mm. So there are definitely spirits out there. And wow. we had a wonderful life together. So, you know, God can answer prayers. Sure can. Steve, thank you very much. I appreciate the call today. You thank you very much for uh, for sharing that with us. Again, it happened on Halloween, but not so much a ghost story, but uh, an answered prayer story, I suppose. All right, we'll take a short break. If you'd like to call and share one of your stories with us, you have a, you have a ghost story, you have a story about spirits. Today would be a good day for it being Halloween. KBOI News Time is 947. Remember, if you missed any part of Casper and Chris this morning, check out their podcast on the KBOI app or on KBOI.com. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 9.52 now at News Talk KBOI. Glad you're with us today on Halloween. I'm Rick Worthington filling in for Mike Casper along with Chris Walton. Uh, We will... Take your calls if you have a haunted something or other you want to talk to us about. I, you know, Nathaniel shared, I've shared. Chris, have you, have you had any any close encounters or no, nothing, nothing with a ghost? Yeah, it's okay. Not everybody has. Julio is on the line from Caldwell. Thanks very much for calling us today. You got a ghost story for us? I do. Good morning. Good morning. So, my family and I were sitting down one evening. We're watching uh, American Idol. We look over on the stove, and there's a sippy cup I brought in from outside. And all of our kids are grown up out of the houses. I don't know why I brought it in and set it on the stove. I guess I was getting to throw it away. I was in the going to throw it away soon. I left it there and forgot about it. Started watching American Idol. And we're all fixated on the TV. The cup falls over. We all look over there in that direction. There's no windows open. Nobody was over there. And not only did it fall over and scared us, it started spinning out of control. Really? It hit the ground. Yeah. It's pretty weird. Mm. We look at each other, and then we just go back to watching TV like nothing happened. <laughs> trying to soak it all in. <laughs> Yeah, That's, but that was pretty insane. Sounds uh, very yeah, that, poltergeist-like. 
Oh, it was. That was crazy. That's you guys cool. have a good day. You Thank too. you very much for the phone call. Appreciate it. And if Art Bell were here, he would have something really sensible and keen to say, and I don't have anything on that. Um, but I do appreciate the phone call very much. Thank you for the call on that. It was that. a haunted sippy cup. I, uh, I'm, yeah, but I'm you probably don't run into that every day. Reading off the web uh, about Stricker Ranch in Twin Falls County. Mm-hmm. Magic Valley Ranch was once a stop for travelers along the Oregon Trail. There was a shop and inn at Stricker Ranch run by uh, Herman Stricker and his wife. Mm-hmm. As you can imagine, back in the 1860s, plenty of travelers perished as they went along the Oregon Trail. And the Strickers were no strangers to caring for or burying many of those people. Story goes that after many long years of isolation and uh, tragedy, Stricker's wife murdered him and dragged his body down the stairs after the cursed deed was done. Again, I'm reading here. The official public records of Herman Stricker show that his passing was actually far less horrifying and dramatic than the legend tells us, but... uh, about those relentless souls traveling out west during the Americans' yeah. uh, earlier days, who could say what poor lost spirit from my, the days uh, of the Oregon Trail still roamed the Stricker Ranch? My grandpa knew Herman, and my just you know uneducated guess would be cirrhosis of the liver. Eighteen sixties, clear out there in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. What time am I trying to hit here, Nathaniel? 30 seconds. Uh, 30 seconds. Okay. <laughs> 55 50 is what we're going to. Yeah, I don't know these things, folks. That's why I'm just filling in today and why we all probably can get together and say, Rick, we hope you're not here tomorrow, that it's Mike Casper back. <laughs> I'll second that. <laughs> I'm sure you will. Uh, anyway, uh, I know that uh, Mike would have something very big to tease, but I know that we've got a damn near impossible question. And I hope you guys have a very happy and safe Halloween. So for Nathaniel and Chris Walton, I'm Rick Worthington. We'll see you tomorrow.